Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 down there in Houston as well as a Locked On SEC podcast. And Gordy, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing this afternoon? I'm good, John. I guess I didn't realize that you know, everybody with all the bigger matchups and all, I didn't realize you guys are at War Memorial this weekend, that kind of thing. Well, you know, it depends on who you ask. Some people love it. Some people don't. But uh, this, uh, you know, I don't want to stir up any controversy here in Little Rock. There's a lot of people that still uh, enjoy the games there. But, yeah, moving it up, though, you don't see that very often where a game time gets moved up from 3 p.m. Originally, it was supposed to be up to noon. Uh, Sam Pittman said it had to do with some of the heat, which I'm sure you guys know all about there in the in the Houston area about what heat truly is all about. But uh, I, think it, I think it makes sense. I think it works out. And. I think uh, just having uh, that game in War Memorial to start the season will be will be all right for Arkansas, especially if they come out there and take care of business like everyone's hoping they should. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right move. Is it really that much cooler at noon than it is at three? <laughs> I feel like it's hot as hell no matter what time you play and the sun's out. Move it to like nine p.m. That would be okay. But yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I'm I'm with you. I mean, you, you open up with an opponent like this, it's not getting anybody. Um, you know, like it, people aren't running the stadium that, oh my God, I can't wait to get my seat to see it. But this is the tone center. You, you open with them, you open up with Kent State, you go play, you know, play a really good BYU team who you guys took advantage of last year. Uh, and then you get that tough road trip uh, week four going to LSU. These, these are all the primers. These are the weeks to, uh, for Rocket to rack up a bunch of, I don't want to say garbage yards, but rack up a bunch of yardage and, uh, you know, put himself prime in the, you know, at least, I don't know, Heisman conversation, but at least on the national stage to, you know, say, hey, I am, I deserve all these first team accolades I'm getting. And I'm clearly one of the best running backs in the league and or in, in all college football. And a uh, chance for KJ to develop some chemistry in game with some of his new weapons and all that. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, some teams are opening with, with Doozy. South Carolina opens with North Carolina. LSU opens with Florida State. Uh, you, you can make an argument either way. I, I tend to like this way. You get a couple of, uh, you know, we'll call them cupcakes, to, to settle in and, and rack up some stats and get some confidence going. Yeah, it's a great way for Arkansas to just kind of get into the season, get the feet wet. And there are probably more teams this first week, Chris, that are doing it that way where they start with a non-conference type of opponent, someone to, to go in and just – showcase what they've been doing trying to get ready for the season as opposed to some of those bigger matchups that are going on but it it is good to see some of those but we're not going to see many of those during the first week yeah it's it's a little disappointing because i was you know i was starting to you know kind of do some predictions and and start to look at the slate this weekend and yeah i mean florida utah is a good one and then like i mentioned south carolina playing north carolina and lsu playing florida state but outside of that it's a lot of duds. I mean, you know, A&M opens in New Mexico. Bama gets Middle Tennessee. Georgia plays Tennessee Martin. Uh, you know, Auburn opens with UMass. Ole Miss gets Mercer. It's just, it's really a bunch of, uh, it's a slate where the SEC should be racking up a bunch of wins. And, uh, you know, it, it, we'll get to see how a lot of these new quarterback battles settle out and that, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, even even Virginia, Tennessee, I saw Tennessee's about a four-touchdown favorite. I'm like, goodness, like, Virginia at least is a power five uh, team from the ACC, albeit they, I think they were projected to finish dead last in the ACC this year. Uh, but that's crazy. I mean, Tennessee, like, new quarterback, new everything, and they're a four-touchdown favorite. I, I don't know about that one. 
What do you think of North Carolina, South Carolina? This is something that maybe they can, because uh, they're so close in proximity, maybe they will play a little bit more often, just depending on how college football sets up over the next few years. But seems like an interesting matchup where North Carolina is a ranked team. South Carolina came on at the end of last season. They have expectations there, so should be a good game to start. Yeah, I, I was here, in, and I watched North Carolina a couple times last year, and, and we were hearing all this buzz about Drake May, Drake May, Drake May. And then I watched them play North uh, Notre Dame in what was it, you know, week four last year, and they get their brains beat in. Uh, and then, you know, he rolled through the schedule, rolled through the soft ACC schedule, racking up a bunch of wins. And then they go and lose to Georgia Tech, who, by the way, fired their head coach at that point. Uh, they lose a double overtime game to NC State, and then they get their brains beaten by Clemson uh, and losing the Holiday Bowl to Oregon. I mean, this is a team that finished on a four-game losing streak to finish last season. So I was doubting them big time. And then I went to the Manning Passing Academy earlier this summer, and I got to see Drake May in person. And, like, right off the bat, the kid won me over. He's got personality plus. Seeing how he was coaching these, like, young kids up, uh, patting them on the back, giving them compliments left and right. I, I suddenly started to see, uh, oh, okay, this is what all those NFL draft scouts see in Drake May. It's not just the arm talent, it's the intangibles. It's this, you know, you start to see the skills and the traits of a leader. Um, and that's what they're expecting out of them at North Carolina this year. And so that's why it's going to be a fascinating uh, battle with Spencer Rattler, who was the guy that was featured on a Netflix special before he even got on a college campus. Um, you know, highly touted and, and you know, uh, gets to Oklahoma, has immediate success. They're hyping him, you know, with Heisman buzz uh, early in his career. And now he's the guy who's cast off and, you know, finds his way to South Carolina. And things were really go- going really bad for South Carolina last year until the backstretch of the season. They started to protect him. The offensive line started to gel. And they gave him protection. And they turned into big wins over Tennessee and Clemson, nearly beat Notre Dame in their bowl game. So, uh, this is going to be a fascinating matchup between two really good quarterbacks, Drake May and, and Spencer Rattler. And uh, I don't know if we're hyping it up enough. I don't know if it's getting enough love. I know it's going to be nationally televised on ABC Saturday night, but I think this is going to be a really, really fascinating battle to see where these two programs are and, and honestly where these two quarterbacks are in their development. You know, another game that, uh, of course, there's a lot of them going on, but mentioning uh, Florida and Utah, that's a Thursday night game, which is pretty nice. But we know Utah took care of business against the Gators in Gainesville last season, and now Florida's going to try to return the favor. This is, I wouldn't say this is a make-or-break game for Billy Napier, but there's definitely a lot of pressure on him to succeed this season. And Utah, I believe, is favored by six and a half points in this one. What does that show you if Florida ends up getting beat pretty handedly? If Utah just takes care of business, is that just, hey, Utah's a great team? Or does it show that there's some serious problems with Billy Napier in Florida to start this year? Well, all eyes are on Cam Rising, the the quarterback from Utah. If you don't remember, at the end of last season, he got hurt in a game. I think tore his ACL. I forget what it was he tore. But uh, they were basically like, yeah, he's not going to be ready to go for the start of next season. And then as the summer went along, they start – started to get a little bit more optimistic and the rumors were okay he may be ready to go for week one but as of a week and a half ago Kyle Whittingham was saying I still don't know if he's going to be ready uh they put out their official depth chart on last Friday they list Cam Rising as the starter so that you know sent everybody's antennas up going wait a minute is he going to play the people I've talked to it sounds like to me Cam Rising still is not going to play in this game and so if he doesn't 
that just changes the dynamic of things. Um, you know, this line has already moved. It originally opened at, uh, you know, back early, like in the spring. This game was about a, it was Utah by about 10, nine and a half, something like that. And it's come way down in recent weeks to about six and a half. So, yeah, they're only about a touchdown favorite at home. Um, Florida, obviously, you lose Anthony Richardson, you replace him with Grand Mertz. That's not like the, the greatest move. But I do think Graham Mertz can be serviceable. I think he could be a good, you know, game manager quarterback, if you will. And look, you can win with game managers. I mean, uh, you know, we go back a couple years ago, Arkansas pulled off some wins with Felipe Frank, kind of just game managing games. I, we, we always look at game manager as a derogatory term, and I think it's you know some guys they just you're, you're not going to wow anybody, but you make the throws and you win some games. Um, I think Graham Mertz can do that if the Florida run game is, is dominating like I think they will. I think Montreal Johnson and Trevor Atien, that, that combination is one of the best in the SEC this year. And if Florida's retooled offensive line can run block, I think they're going to move the ball, move the chain, score some points. And I think that defense is going to be light years different from what we saw last year at Florida. Austin Armstrong is a, is a star in the making as far as defensive coordinators go. And, I'm excited to see it. They're going to be way more aggressive. They're going to get after it. And, again, if it's not Cam Rising, if, they're, if it's Bryson Barnes, who played a little bit last year for Utah, I think Florida's got a great chance to win this one. So, yeah, I mean, if you can get this spread, if you've seen any books that have, you know, Florida as an eight-point or eight-and-a-half-point underdog, jump on Florida in the points because I think they do have a chance to stay in this one uh, with, you know, all the questions given around Utah's quarterback. Not only Cam Rising, there's a question about him playing or not, but – Utah comes into this season with losing their biggest receiving threat over the past few years and tight end Dalton Kincaid, who's now in the NFL. So that's something that they were going to be looking at throughout the entire season with Cam Risen losing his biggest weapon. And there was going to be a big time adjustment there as far as who was uh, able to step up and take over that role. Yeah, they lose one of their best sack artists from a year ago in Diabate. He's now a Cleveland Brown. Uh, Cole Bishop, their safety is back. He was their leading tackler a year ago. But, you know, they, they didn't have a ton of – and Clark Phillips, by the way, he led the team in interceptions last year with six. He's in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of Utah's best players are all in, in the big leagues now. And, uh, again, if Cam Rising, who is on paper their best player, if he's not playing in this one, yeah, man, look, Florida's still got talent. I, I said this in the spring. Like, if you watch Florida's spring game, their starters are really good. The problem is they have no depth. Uh, and if anybody gets hurt, misses any significant time for the Gators, I think they're in big-time trouble. But as a starting unit, if they're healthy, I think Florida can play with just about anybody in the conference. So, yeah, look, their schedule is brutal, don't get me wrong. Like, Billy Napier is definitely on the hot seat, and I think he's going to have a hard time getting a six. You know, I think it would be a, a miracle if they get the seven wins. But – this is uh, certainly a Florida team that could go into Utah and pull out a victory. So, again, if you're getting good odds on any of those sports books out there, I would uh, I would definitely throw a couple bucks on the Gators. Let's meet with Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 and the Locked On SEC podcast here on Out of Bounds. <clears throat> so, Chris, uh, I'll, we'll get to the LSU-Florida State game because I think there's a lot of interest there for obvious reasons. But is there a game or a team in the SEC specifically that you see this week that could get upset, that could lose a bad one. You know, we've seen it happen before. A&M lost to Appalachian State. You know, things happen. But is there any team that you look at and you say, oh, this one might not be as easy of a task to take on if you're that SEC team? Yeah, I mean, 
New Mexico is inter- New Mexico is not good at football at all. But um, you know, let's see what how sloppy A and M looks like. It's more so, and I don't think A and M's going to lose that game. I mean, they're they're about forty point favorites. But like, how sloppy does A and M look? You know, it was sloppy a lot last year. That yeah, you mentioned the App State upset loss. Um, I just want to see A and M come out and look like a unit. You know, with Bobby Petrino calling the plays, and now it's Connor Wegman officially as the quarterback today. I want to see them come out and score, score, score some more. I want to see that defensive front get after it, get get disruptive. This is one like on paper, the final should be A and M forty-one to three. Like it should be one that they just absolutely crush them. And so, uh, again, I'm not saying they have any chance of getting upset. Um, you know, Ball State against Kentucky, same thing. Last year, this was the type of game that Will Levis threw a couple interceptions in, turned the ball over, and you know, you, you look on paper and Kentucky's a twenty-six point favorite but they mess around and win by 20. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's games like that. Uh, I mentioned Virginia-Tennessee. I, I don't think Virginia can hang with, with Tennessee uh, much, but we'll see. You know, who comes out and just looks like they're not that well-oiled machine offensively? And the other one to keep an eye on is Alabama. They open a middle Tennessee state. Alabama's about a 39-40 point favorite. What nobody remembers, though, middle Tennessee state uh, played at Miami last year and won. 45 to 31. You guys remember who the defensive coordinator was for Miami last year? It's Kevin Steele. It's Alabama's new defensive coordinator. I keep hearing all, all these uh, podcasts and articles written about how, oh my God, Alabama is on a revenge tour. They are coming back. They are ready to go. And I'm going, wait a minute, is this the same Kevin Steele that like, was a terrible DC last year for Miami? Like, what are we doing here? I know it's Saban. I know he gets the benefit of the doubt and all that. But today he comes out and doesn't even announce who his quarterback is this week and says, yeah, we, you know, it, it's going to you know, become a distraction if we announce who the quarterback is. And it's like, no, it's more of a distraction by you not saying who the quarterback is. So that one's just fascinating. Look, Alabama's loaded with four or five-star talent up and down the roster. They've recruited better than anybody for the last few years. I just – it's a fascinating case study. And how good is Nick Saban with four and five-star talent? And can he overcome the coaches on his staff? Because ask Alabama fans. They were they got fed up with Pete Golding. They got fed up with Bill O'Brien. But at the end of the day, those guys are still pretty damn good at their jobs. Is Tommy Reese and Kevin Steele upgrades over what those two guys were bringing them? I don't know about that. And if whoever their starting quarterback is struggles at all, throws a couple picks, man, get ready for those fans to be in an uproar this week. I mean, I know they'll look, they'll beat Metal Tennessee, don't get me wrong, but let's just say the final score is something like 34 to 17. You don't think those fans are going to be calling for the coordinator's heads with Texas coming to town next week? So just a couple of those cupcake games to keep an eye on this week that if things don't go well, I think people will be jumping off the off the ledge after week one. With LSU-Florida State, top ten matchup, and it's a neutral site again, but this time it's in Florida State's favor where they'll have more of their fans available playing in Orlando. So this is uh, probably the best matchup over the weekend yeah it's a game i'm gonna be at in person and uh gonna be fun to see i i look the ncaa how often do we come on here and talk about everything they get wrong they got it wrong again with Mason smith the lsu defensive lineman who got hurt in this game last year first quarter of this game last year in the opener he gets hurt he's done for the season uh just last week the ncaa comes out and goes yeah remember uh, the summer of 2021 when we made nil legal well, like the week before it came legal, uh, Mason Smith did an autograph signing. And uh, so we're going to go and suspend him for a game. Like, what in the world are we doing, NCA? Like, 
I just watched the Johnny Manziel documentary, and the dude got a half against Wright for signing autographs. Yet Mason Smith's got to miss the biggest game of the year for LSU for something that happened two years ago that was legal seven days later. Like, what are we even doing here? NCAA's a freaking joke. Um, it's just unfortunate. Look, I'd say the same thing if it was on the other foot. If it was the Florida State people, I'd been like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, and, again, it's, it's a big loss for LSU up front, and they're going to have to lean on some of those guys and find some depth on their D-line to get after it. But two fantastic offenses. I think whoever wins this game quarterback-wise will certainly be on our you know short list of top five, top ten Heisman list coming out of this weekend, whether it's uh, Jaden Daniels at LSU or, or Jordan Travis at uh, Florida State. So I, I hate to overhype it, a matchup of two top eight teams in week one, but it is that big of a game because whoever wins this game is certainly going to be in the conversation of, hey, can they run the table in the SEC or the ACC and uh, be one of those teams we're talking about in the playoff at the end of the year. Well, Chris, man, as always, we appreciate you joining us, talking about college football. It's just great to have it back, and it's going to be another great week. And also, uh, congrats to your Astros. They look like uh, they're really coming along and uh, doing some great things. They, they needed a break because they haven't won enough here lately. Yeah, Michael Brantley coming back tomorrow. First time he's played baseball in over a year. But uh, the Mariners in first place in the AL West this late in the season. Hasn't happened since 2001, so kind of exciting there. And, uh, hey, you guys go get a big win over Western Carolina and uh, keep an eye out for Kent State, all right? Remember what they did to Georgia last year. Don't sleep on them. Yeah, thanks, Chris. We'll be looking out for it as always, man. (laughs) Appreciate it, man. All right, thanks, guys.